Good everyone, welcome back to Rogue Opinions. My name is Nathan and another special episode. I won't spill the beans on what we're doing, but you've probably read it in the title anyway, so why am I wasting my time? I'm here with the awesome Jimmy and the spectacular Scott. What's going on, guys? How's it going? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm good. Good. Ah, uh, nice. How's everyone's day been, Scott? You enjoyed your you enjoyed your day. Now yeah. that it's the end of Monday, it's now literally just starting Tuesday. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling good. I've, I've had a lot of caffeine today, so I'm not really feeling it right now. But I did. I've had a pretty chill day. I watched some of the first day of the G1. I've got like the last three matches to watch, but the last three matches are Sanada, Saxe Jr., Kota Bushi versus Kenta, and Tanahashi versus Okada. So I can only my own, my day can only go go up from there. Is Kenta still in capitals? Probably Kenta. Kenta. <laughs> Just to really bring that point home. Jimmy, how's life? Uh well, funny you ask. Uh, I have a bit of a bit of a story from uh from work uh here here in the states it's just before raw at seven o'clock in the afternoon or i guess early evening um i part of my job at the local big box store that i work for that will remain anonymous uh if that gets you close enough to the bullseye you'll be able to figure that one out um uh part of my part of my job is to you know check on the bathrooms and you know clean them every once in a while and uh while doing that uh, i found that cleaning the women's room is particularly challenging because uh, especially in this part of the country that i live in uh people don't give a fuck uh whether or not you're trying to do your job um so uh i had the door propped open there were uh closed signs everywhere and i see this woman just just down from where the bathrooms are and I can see her like staring at me. So like I ignore it because I don't respond to visual cues like that. I'm not I'm not an animal. Um, and I turn the corner to fill up the mop bucket to go and mop the floor. And from out of the corner of my eye, I see this woman bolt into the bathroom behind me. And I run over and I go, you know, miss, I, I get over there just in time to see the, the stall at the end of the bathroom close. So I'm like, miss, like, what are you doing? This bathroom is closed. Uh, you know, like I need to be cleaning it and this door is propped open. It's a little weird that you would decide to run in there and do your business with the door wide open. Um, she just says, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need, I need, I need. And, uh, I go to wait and all of a sudden I start smelling this smell that smells smelly. Um, and it's, it's growing in intensity and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And eventually this woman leaves with a smile on her face and she's like, oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. And like walks away. Um, so I continue to block off the entrance to the bathroom and I'm going in there and I'm sweeping the like discarded paper on uh, on the floor into a basket. And I just this smell is getting stronger and stronger and stronger until I hit that stall at the back of the bathroom that we discussed. And um this woman had shit on the floor. <laughs> and then it looked like like half-assedly cleaned it up. So like it was like smeared into the grout. Um, and instead of doing the right thing and just being like, hey, by the way, didn't exactly make it there, so you're gonna have a like a like a fucking baller of a time uh trying to figure out how to clean this one. She just sort of smiled at me and went, I'm sorry, thank you. This woman is now on the top of my shit list. No pun intended. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> this woman, like, I. every time you think you've hit the bottom of the barrel, you realize that the barrel is just a little bit deeper. And I'd like to send a full 
Rogue Opinions brand. Fuck you to that <laughs> fucking base. And uh, that's that's my that's been my day. That was my day at at work today. So I'm looking forward to making some funny about the wrestling. <laughs> oh, like that. That, re- that reminds me of a, of a similar story i when i used to live is where i'm from in england is es- the county of essex and one of my first jobs was i used to work in a sports center just like uh kind of like just to help i do reception or you do everything so you'd go around and clean up shit literally which is where this story is going but we had like a school like event there which was like loads of like uh, primary schools, which I presume Scott knows what I mean, but Jimmy, I don't know if you know what I mean, but like, uh, like elementary school grades, yeah, K- yeah, yeah, yeah young kid up to 11 years old. So basically, and like we, I went into basically check the toilets once and opened one of the cubicles and there was literally shit up the wall of the cubicle, like going up to taller than I am. And I'm about five ten, and it was going above me. There was just shit all up the wall. And it was the weird. It looked like some a kid had walked in the cubicle and then just exploded. I think. I have so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> questions I can't answer because I don't know who did it. <laughs> and I went in and there was no one in there. And I opened this door and I just looked up and I don't know if part of me wasn't surprised, but I didn't react that badly. But I looked up and it was just fucking typical. <laughs> like, and I just don't know what happened. Or how, but I'm presuming this kid combusted, and I'm presuming I, that school went home with one less kid. It brings a whole new meaning to the phrase "that kid's full of shit." <laughs> but I was gonna say it very nearly gave new meaning to the phrase "shit hit the fan," but ooh, boom! Uh, Thank you. I, I still don't understand it to this day. It's one of the many mysteries. Like, I need Louis Farouk to investigate this and make a documentary on it because I don't know how it got that high. Because it was over six foot up this cubicle wall, because it was taller than me, and oh I still God. had to clean it up. But bringing it back to your story, Jimmy, she didn't make it. How far away from the toilet did she get? If she was in the cubicle, uh, let's see. The toilet was up against the wall, so probably like she was like three feet, maybe from. She gave the up toilet. three feet away. Well, I think it has to do with uh, like me like yelling at her to be like you moron there's a sign out here in three different languages english spanish and for some reason german that says that the bathroom is closed and that she just ignored it ran directly past me and like tried to get away with it and like i called her out on it i was like ma'am what are you doing so like it was like like a vindictive shit which almost makes it worse i respect her for that why were you screaming at her i wasn't i mean i was shouting because it was at the end of this long bathroom and i stayed outside the bathroom because i'm not trying to get my company or myself sued um so like i kind of shouted down towards the and it must have just i would have respected her more if she swung the door open and then just like huddled over and shit right on the floor staring at me in the face like a small dog i would have respected it way more but to do it behind a closed door and then smile at me and go i'm sorry thank you and to like look at, I'm sorry to all of the Latin American listeners that we have that I'm doing this like incredibly racist uh, like phrase, but that's how she sounded, and I'm very angry at her. Um, and, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is she deserves it. Um, but like just at 
like I really would have respected it more if it was just like, well, you know what? I get I guess that the bathroom's closed and you have to uh, clean it, but clean this up too, asshole. Boom, boom. I would have totally respected. I would have I would have stood there and just clapped. I would have held my hands out and been like, you know what, lady, you're right on, honey, right on. Yeah, I would have I would have really respected it for that. I went, can oh, share. Oh, the bathroom's closed. Well, here's the bathroom, and you just shit on your shoe. I can. Oh, I can share shit stories all day from my illustrious retail career, but we don't have time that's, for that. No, that's not. That's <laughs> if you're not. feeling, if you're feeling bad about your day, did you have to deal with shit? Because if not, yeah. If yeah. if you did, tweet us using the hashtag shit for days, <laughs> and let us know what shit stories you have from. From your life. Scott, you got any stories about shit? I can honestly say, no, I've not had to clean up someone else's shit. <laughs> wow. And you live in Glasgow. Hey, hey cheap shot. Cheap shot. We, we call it a cheap shot, but I've been to Glasgow. I'm just surprised, man. Just I did surprised. Walk it's not like he lives in Germany or anything where there, there's all yeah, that. Yeah, that was my other question. What's, um, oh, we're talking about Target. What's Target doing having German signs in? their store i don't know it's that one surprises of, me it's it's like one of those little like tent uh tent style like cones and it says caution serado and whatever it is in german i can't remember it at the moment but like you would think that like at least in the area i live in like korean might be more acceptable or yeah. like or like a different spanish i don't like i don't know like it could be like 150 other things different spanish <laughs> I, listen i hear it from everybody that it's like oh it's slightly different no matter where you come it's like all right whatever dude then like if you chose to read any i have people who like at least three times a week walk try to walk in through the wrong door so they slam into the glass door like as they're walking because one is an indoor and one is an outdoor and it's it's chaos is what i'm saying chaos wow it's like they're trying to create their own entrance it's it's almost as if they couldn't have given less of a shit about the rules if you like screamed it at them uh well that was my attempt at a segue but then you talked about screaming so let's jump back to it speaking of creating things <laughs> we're all varying degrees of wrestling fans and by varying degrees jimmy and scott are massive wrestling fans and i kind of half arse it for the last nine months i mean i can't blame you <laughs> but, yeah. but last time we did a special episode we created a band and this week we're creating our own wrestlers from the ground up uh, that's not true from the name onwards and so i think should we just jump straight into this? Yeah, why not? Yeah, so I came up with a load of questions. They might not be good, and I might kind of spin them and create some other ones as we go. But we're basically just going to create our own wrestlers for the ideal world that we want them to be with any story we want. So we've all done that before this episode. So I'm going to start with the name, a brief description of the gimmick, Height and weight, they all seem like they combine into one question, so I am going to combine them all into one question. Jimmy, who have you created for this 2019 wrestling hipster world filled with Twitter and nonsense? Who have you got for us? Well, I I, I know that, uh, like, looking at 
you know, the past is super in right now. Uh, you know, you can hear me and Scott talk about Retro Smackdown when you go back into our archives. You know, search up Rogue Opinions. There's the plug. Boom, boom. Um, I decided to go with a, a little bit of a throwback, and it is the tag team of Brock Rockhard and Chet Cornswallow, the Yacht Rockers. <laughs> think, think the Mean Street Posse with a higher emphasis on the boat aspect of being stupidly wealthy. Um, they come in, they're both about, you know, 6'1", shorter guys, a combined weight of 420, man, because the parents ain't home. <laughs> And they they hail from their parents' summer house in the Hamptons. And if you don't know where that is, you just can't afford it. <laughs> so who was that? What were the names again? It is Brock Rockhard and Chet Cornswallow. <laughs> I love them already. <laughs> I can't wait to find out more about them. Scott, who have you got for us this evening? Well... As I said to Jim before we started recording, I had basically not even a full idea, maybe a quarter of an idea, and I just ran with it from there. The full name of my wrestler is Snap, Crackle, and Pop. <laughs> not, not as in three different wrestlers. No, one wrestler, three different Snap, personas. Snap, Crackle, and Pop! Jesus Christ. Three different Why personas, so- because, because this is a schizophrenic wrestler character that I've created, because I wonder why do they not have these they've half arsed versions of these, but they haven't had a full-on schizophrenic in wrestling anymore. I've I've given him a full backstory. I've even decided how he was hired, by the way. I can't wait to find out. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I've built him as as average height and weight because really, I put so much effort into everything else, I couldn't be arsed to think of this, so fuck it, but average. Oh, that's fantastic. That is great. It's like the three faces of Foley, but like, totally Way better. Different. It's like <laughs> James McAvoy from Split. Just as a wrestler. <laughs> so, I've created, I've created the best I looked at what female wrestling really needs these days, and I've decided to create the ultimate female wrestler, and her name is Rosa Maria El Jazzwoman. <laughs> what? <laughs> and she is a jazzwoman. She loves jazz. She's a jazzwoman, a jazz performer, turned wrestler, and she's whatever Zelina Vega's height and weight is. Um, <laughs> she's... She's half Mexican, half African-American, and she hails from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, the home of jazz, and she just fucking loves jazz, and she's turned that into a very successful career that we will hear about further on, but that is Rosa Maria, El Jazz Woman. And now is this, uh, does Coca-Cola represent her as well, or? Don't get us in trouble, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that band so much. Look, I'm not saying they come up later in this, but don't <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> Copy that. Jimmy, I'm going to go straight to, I'm going to ask you the question, if the, well, they might not be with WWE, they might be with AEW, but how did they get noticed? Oh, uh, just, you know, they, they decided they needed to go back and refuel their yacht that they live on and have parties on P Diddy style parties, obviously. Um, and they decided to dock just off the coast of Connecticut 
where Vince McMahon's boat, the sexy bitch, is also uh, docked uh, for fueling purposes. And they got to talking, and one thing led to another, and next thing you know, they're on the rise in the WWE. Fuck. So good. Scott, how did they get noticed? Uh, well, before I tell you how they got noticed, in order to give context, I need to first explain what the three personas are to give some context, if that's okay. Yes. Okay, so we have three different personas. We have Snap, who is a very serious, no-nonsense technical wrestler. Basically, your typical black trunks, wrist tape, black boots, no frills and all that. He has a moustache. Very... He basically picture the love child of Dan Severn and Drew Gulak. That's what you have here. And yet he has a moustache. Neither of the other two personas have a moustache. How, that... How is that possible? Because, fuck it, that's why. <laughs> uh, would you like to know each of their finishers also or is that a later question that was a later question but you know what give it to us now Scott uh, well Snap's finisher is a Fujiwara armbar and his name is you got the name Snap because he'll basically snap your arm off nice uh, we've got Pop who is a bit complete, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum He is a complete comedy character he comes out to let you know he's a fun guy he comes out wearing flip flops Cut off jeans and a pink baseball cap, which he obviously wears backwards. It's the only way, it's the only way to come out. Uh, <laughs> obviously, obviously, it's the only and way. His, and his finisher, he has an equally similar uh, silly finisher to go with his silly gimmick. So he has a springboard hip attack because I think that's the stupidest finisher in all of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> they all they all have different entrance scenes, but I'll save that for later as well. And he's called Pop because he likes to have fun and does his best to always pop the boys, as it were. <laughs> and Crackle is basically just the other one. He, the other one! <laughs> he, wants, he wants absolutely nothing to do with wrestling. He, ref- Whenever he's booked to be in a match, he does not want any ball. He thinks wrestling is absolutely stupid. He basically dresses as, as a suburban dad. He wears glasses, he's got slacks, a uh, shirt and jumper combo. He basically wants nothing to do with wrestling, as I said. He thinks it's completely stupid, and so that way his finisher is the... Because he refuses to learn any wrestling moves, his finisher is a just a crossbody. Ah, oh, nice. So He sounds like my favourite. Like, he basically, basically kind of like you for the last few months, Nathan. Kind of like, like Orange Cassidy. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, so with that in mind... He was basically a relative unknown. He came out of nowhere. Like he had very little to no indie experience. He wandered into the performance center one day. Triple H seen him, but at this time he seen him, he was in his snap persona. And Triple H looked at him and thought, this is a guy who can be great on NXT. Him and Matt Riddle together, that's a main event of a takeover right there. So he signed him up on the spot. Got all the paperwork. He said, come back tomorrow. And I went, because I went, because Vince is going to be in. I think he'll love you. When he came back the next day, he was at his pop persona, and Vince took long look at him and thought, "Damn it, that's good shit." Through NXT, we gotta get him up to the main roster. That's good shit. <laughs> so he basically bypassed the ND, bypassed NXT, and went straight to the main roster. Can I hold on? Can I jump in real quick and then just say I would love a Scottish Vince McMahon. That would yeah, be same. fucking fantastic. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that would be amazing. fucking. Amazing. I'm not going to embarrass myself and try and do the accent, but just hearing, damn it, that's good shit with the brawl is fucking great. I mean, I could probably do a better spin spin impression, but it's too late. No, no need. No need. There's no need. 
Leave it, leave it how it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's my backstory. Wow. So Rosa Maria El Jazz Woman um, started out as, uh, as you might expect, as a jazz singer. And no she was, way. She was really into jazz. She was really good at saxophone. And she used to play a lot in the jazz playhouse in New Orleans, Louisiana, which apparently is a real jazz club on Bourbon Street. I just Googled it. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she, she got into wrestling from there, always been into wrestling. She actually ended up in the CZW Tournament of Death about two years in. Uh, she won the final of that against one of her biggest rivals, Jimmy Havoc. Um, <laughs> and uh, from there, she got noticed, ended up in NXT, and just kind of went from there and ended up on the main roster. Uh, her gimmick, obviously, is that of the jazz singer. And she always kept to her name, Rosa Maria, El Jazz Woman. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much her backstory. Tournament of Death beat Jimmy Havoc in the final. Went on to be, just become a legend of the industry that we all talk about to this day. That's oh. groundbreaking. She is groundbreaking for a, for a half Mexican, half African American. She really broke the glass ceiling, Jimmy. That she did. That she did. Uh, Jimmy, what's your wrestler's finishing move? Well, um... Are you guys familiar with the uh, American TV show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Of course. Well, as were the Yacht Rockers, who decided <laughs> to name their finisher The Implications. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to the, to the layman, it's, it's nothing more than the total elimination, but it is called The Implication, which they do as they sneak up on you, you know, with the implication, and then boom, you get hit with the implication, and you're down, you're out cold, you're sleeping. <laughs> no more explanation needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scott, <laughs> Scott, what's their finish? Or do they do they have three different finishing moves? Oh, you've already yeah, kind of said. Yeah, so, yeah, so they snap as an armbar, a hip attack for a pop and crackles across body because he refuses to learn even basic wrestling moves because. He hates wrestling. That's fair enough. Uh, Rosa Maria El Jazz Woman's finishing move is called Clarinet Clarinot. And, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's basically a clothesline from hell. But <laughs> as she's running off the rope, she shouts Clarinet. And then as she hits you, she screams Clarinot. Should, should and it be called, shouldn't it be called Clarinetto? Like Scott, Scott, don't be stupid. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> no, as she hits the rope, clarinet, clarinet, as she hits you, and it's just a clothesline from hell. And uh, yeah, it's pretty devastating. Some would say the best finishing move of all time. <laughs> Scott, who's their biggest rival of all time, and describe their rivalry. Well, this is kind of an insane to how I came up with this idea. My, their snap, crack, and pop's greatest rival was the revival, <laughs> because you've got the revival who is a serious tag team. And basically, my idea, I came, I had a thought one day, is why is not one wrestler who is a schizophrenic won the tag team titles by themselves, as they're two different personalities? So basically, Snap and Pop mainly as a team, but inside the one person, have formed this sort of tag team against the Revival. And yes, I've held the Raw tag team titles on multiple occasions. But the interesting dynamic in that the Revival are all happy when Pop comes in the ring because they don't take him very seriously. But when he becomes Snap, then that's when they come terrified because they know he is a serious wrestler and he will basically rip their arm off and beat them and hill out them with it. 
That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And it, it all culminated with a ladder match for the Raw Titan titles at WrestleMania, but I'll get more into that when we come up with a later question. Uh, WrestleMania next. Jimmy, who's their biggest rival? Their biggest rival is now, and go with me on this one, the entire women's division. Um, <laughs> they, as straight white rich males in America, have decided that it is unfair that, that men can't compete for the women's tag team championships. So they have gone out there and decided to take it back for white straight men in America. And they just they just go out there and they hit their their biggest rivals uh, were, of course, the Iconics at first. Um, but after they injured um, Billy Kay with the implications, um, they suddenly found themselves going toe to toe, step to step, one on one with Alexa Bliss and Bailey, who they aren't on the same page right now, but decided to team together after being mansplained into why the Yacht Rockers needed the tag team championships. <laughs> <laughs> so Rosa Maria, El Jazzwoman's uh, biggest rival outside of the WWE was obviously Jimmy Havoc. Obviously. Um, Jimmy Havoc, as we all know, likes a drink. And at one time when uh, Rosa Maria was playing the Blues Room in Shoreditch, London, which is a very nice club if anyone's ever nearby, um, she was playing some sick jazz, which I believe is what all jazz people call good jazz. And he didn't really like the vibe going out. And that rivalry took them all the way to the finals of CZW's Tournament of Death, uh, where Rosa Maria defeated uh, Jimmy Havoc in a brass band death match, which is basically a death match, but the ring's covered by brass instruments. And she won. She won that. Inside the WWE, obviously, it's Ronda Rousey. Uh, we all saw that video, the comedy sketch of Ronda pretending to play the saxophone. Uh, if you haven't YouTube it, it's pretty funny. But Rosa Maria took great exception to R- to Ronda's disrespect of the art of playing saxophone, something that's very taxing and takes a lot of years to master. And she was being a right bitch about it by pretending to do it. And Rosa Maria had to teach her a lesson, and uh, will and obviously lost because it's Ronda Rousey. But but you know what? She earned some respect, but she still hates Ronda to this day. And that's just her career. Uh, Scott, what was your wrestler's first WrestleMania? And describe their entrance, because everyone obviously gets a good entrance at WrestleMania. Yes. I'm just going to say WrestleMania 36, because it's the next WrestleMania. And to give, this is for their big uh, ladder match for the Bible to finally take back the Raw Tag Team titles. And I was is it, hey, is it three on two? No, it's technically, technically two on one on the outside, but inside it's technically two on two on two. Technically, just so if there's a if there's a third, so, no DQ, it's a ladder match. Wait a second, wait a second. So, is the third one who's not technically in the match like the third personality? Is he on the outside cheering them on sporadically? Because the the number of costume changes that must happen yeah. during this match must be spectacular, and I need to see it. Actually, well, I'm funny you mention that because I'm a bit explained. Now, the entrance musics of each personality are important for this because <laughs> Crackle has no entrance music. He does not bother choosing entrance music because, again, he has no interest. Uh, Pop comes out to a remix of the Venga Boys remix just enough to avoid copyright. <laughs> just 30 seconds of it. 
like like Jimmy Hart in WCW, he changes just a couple of notes of a popular song to avoid getting sued. <laughs> That's amazing. And Snap uh, comes out to some very ominous sounding German techno, because of course he does. <laughs> well, what else would he come out to? <laughs> so we have the rival already in the ring. So Snap's music hits, nothing happens. Fox music hits, nothing happens, and everybody's confused. The revival are basically yelling at the ref, "Well, can we bring get our belts back?" Then he's not, not coming out, and then we get a really weird mashup of the Venga Boys with some German techno. So basically, imagine a very sinister sounding uh, Venga Boys song. So basically, it's a mashup of both themes, and he comes out with basically a ma- a mix match of the different gears from all three. Personas. Basically, he is wearing a, p- a pink backwards cap, a uh, shirt and jumper, a uh, half black trunk, half cut off jeans, one flip flop, or technically just a flip, and one black wrestling boot. <laughs> Did you say technically just a flip? <laughs> yes, I was about to say yeah. when you brought that up, Jimmy. One flip flop is technically just a flip. <laughs> so technically, it's technically filled as Snap and Pop versus the Revival. But then it, there, there was a key spot here where when Pop is halfway up the, up the ladder, he suddenly changes into Krakow, who has suddenly freaks the fuck out because he has no idea how the hell he got halfway up a 20-foot ladder and starts shitting himself and screaming for someone to help him down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, why have they never done this? <laughs> Why wasn't Festus this guy? <laughs> Why wasn't McFoley doing this from '95 on? Like, <laughs> I just like the idea of him just freaking the fuck out when he's like half an inch away from the tiles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! What am I doing? <laughs> he's just reaching for them and changes personality. <laughs> so then, the finish is basically he then gets pushed off the ladder. Then immediately on the outside, his dash is cleaning up while Dawson is holding it. He then pops back up as Snap looks at, gives a death stare to Scott Dawson, who immediately, basically again, shits himself. And he just runs right, shoves Scott Dawson right off to the other side of the ring, climbs up ladder, smacks Dawson, <laughs> dash off the ladder, just grabs both belts, and the crowd goes wild. Good God. Good God. That's fantastic. Jimmy, what's your WrestleMania experience? Uh, their first WrestleMania um, was, uh, and I lost track of looking this up because of how goddamn hilarious that was. Um, but uh, I'm going to guess 2011 uh, when the popular theme, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows where I'm going with this. I'm on a boat by the Lonely Island uh, (laughs) is their their entrance. And they come out, and I have this written down, on a big-ass boat. Straight through... Straight through the entranceway, no moving the fucking Titan Tron out of the way because they don't have any goddamn time for that. They just sail right in with uh, Andy Samberg, Jorma Tacone, fucking all of those guys, and T-Pain, all on the thing, just... I never thought I'd be on a boat. That whole thing going on. Um, and that's their WrestleMania entrance. And that was the first year that they captured the WWE Tag Team Championships because their opponents uh, were unable to 
recover after being run over by the boat during the entrance. Um, they went on to hold the titles another five or six more times uh, until the women's tag team championships were introduced. Then they went down a whole nother path away from the regular men's tag team championships straight to the women's tag team championships because they just they 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 decided that it was their time. They had arrived and okay. they were here to prove a point. Can I just say you said this is twenty eleven and they're coming in a boat. I just like the idea they come in a boat and somewhere Rusev is watching WrestleMania thinking, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> I like the idea that just on his coffee table next to him where he's watching this, there's just a little model of a tank. <laughs> just going, he's, you're on a boat. He's sitting there, honey, you have no idea. We can get it right out next to the entranceway and it'll be like, it's going to look great. It's going to look really great. Yeah, okay. Nobody's ever done anything like that. Hold on, Lana. Shut your mouth. These guys just came out on a yacht. Anything is possible. Anything is, but yeah, you're not gonna win though, Rusev. But you might come out on a tank. <laughs> oh, He's already won. <laughs> yeah, he came out on a tank, so he kind of already has until someone else comes out on a tank, probably Triple H next year. <laughs> so Rosa Maria El Jazz woman. She obviously played jazz all the way to the ring. Uh, she had Stevie Wonder playing some sick piano riffs behind her, and she just went for the spotlight approach. Nothing fancy, but out of her saxophone for each bar she played, she was shooting fireworks out of it just the whole way down the ramp. Kind of like, remember how China had the firework gun? Uh, yeah. But Rosa Maria, she would shoot the fireworks by blowing into the saxophone. They would be in the saxophone. I'm just picturing, I think in TNA once, Jeff Jarrett had a firework thing attached to the back of one of his guitars. <laughs> That's all I'm picturing when I think of this. Did somebody have to stand next to Stevie Wonder and describe to him what was going on? What, what do you mean, Jimmy? Stevie Wonder's blind. So, like, he hears the crowd going off, and he's just like, hey, I guess these people really love my piano. And the guy's like, no, dude, she's shooting fire out of a saxophone. Dude, no one's even paying attention to you. While he's no, up there, just no, because no one's that mean to the disabled. Uh, I would beg to differ, but they would explain to him beforehand. They would say, "Hey, Stevie, you're going to play some amazing uh, piano piano stuff, but I'm going to be shooting fire out of my saxophone as I walk to the ring. So just keep doing what you're doing." From what I understand, Stevie Wonder's generally on board from the moment that uh, he finds out that he's going to be performing. Uh, so I'm sure he, they, all they were just like, "Hey, you want to go to WrestleMania?" And he's like, "Yeah, baby." And just yeah, look, he's not going to know where he is, so we don't really need to worry about him too much. Just pay him his money and give him a piano. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's got to pay for that. Got to pay for that kidney transplant somehow. Yeah, but the important thing is Rosa Maria El Jazz woman is going to be shooting fire out of a saxophone as she just walks to the ring in her big music match against Elias at WrestleMania. <laughs> and uh, it's not so much a match as it is like you know, like the eight mile wrap off. Yes, it's like that, but there's a lot more jazz. So they have like a a battle rap, but with like their instruments, and it's just like a saxophone versus a guitar. Yeah, it's just uh, Elias did a big guitar solo and he insulted the crowd, and then Rosa Maria El Jazz Woman fired back with some sick jazz tones on her saxophone, and it went on for forty five minutes. I'm blown away. I'm literally blown away. It was real good. Like, she swapped saxophone halfway through at some point to a smaller saxophone. 
Hey, you got to get those different notes in there. You got to change out the reed because you start burning through the reed when you're just laying down these sick. Well, exactly. That's her trademark because she's so good at saxophone that every now and then her mouthpiece catches fire because of how good she is at saxophone. Suck on that, Kenny G. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't want her to suck you off. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. Ask her ex-husbands. <laughs> Oh, go on. Who were some of her ex-husbands? I need to know. Uh, Stevie Ray. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. Uh, Steve from MySpace. Sure thing for Steve. <laughs> you really caught on quick there, Scott. <laughs> I've been known to be quite observant. <laughs> and, uh... Steve Wilkos from the uh, Steve Wilkos show. Yes, and Stevie Wonder. And Stevie Ray Vaughan. And no, she didn't get on with him. Stephen Colbert? No. Steve Carell? No. Stefan Curry? <laughs> yes. Just Stefan from uh, Family Matters when Steve Urkel goes into the thing and becomes hot? <laughs> yes, but only specifically when he plays Steve Urkel. <laughs> well, oh! And, uh, and Mecca Urkel. She was really into Mecca Urkel. Mecca Urkel. Jesus got any cheese <laughs> and i i think scott did you mention both of the even stevens at the same time no one said welcome to name the stevens oh uh, that's the name, name of this book all i heard was stevens and i was like oh so shia labeouf and the sister character they're both they both married her at some point and then got their genitals fired off from getting head just fucking throw in steve from american dad while we're at it steve smith steven anita smith yes yeah, that is the problem with her. She's got beautiful lips, but the friction burn is unbelievable. Brings a whole new meaning to the phrase "once on the hip, once on the lips, forever on the hips." Yeah, but because it burns your dick off. Yeah, because it burns your dick. Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just prepare. You're gonna get about thirty seconds, and do not have pubic hair. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. might as well just go in bald. Save yourself the scorching, the scorching burns. Yeah, that's that's why. Because bushfire. We talked. We talked more about her burning dicks off than we have about her WrestleMania entrances. <laughs> Look, no, I don't know. She she just plays jazz, man. And that would, be one, that would be one hell of a WrestleMania entrance. Just burns a bunch of guys' dicks off. <laughs> you know what? The length of those WrestleMania ramps. You guys had no questions about how many fireworks she can fit into a saxophone. Well, it's her head. <laughs> but you had a lot of questions about how she burns through saxophones. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, you got to think that because even China had to swap out the gun on the way down to the thing. So you got to think that she's hot swapping saxophones and hot swapping dicks on the way down. Like it's just sort of like ba boom down, ba boom down, fire, fire, fire. Like, just, like, a whole bunch of stuff coming at her at once. It'd be very difficult. Yeah, but she's real talented. I'm sure. I'm sure. She wouldn't have made it all the way to WrestleMania if she wasn't. Nope. She's shit at wrestling. Well, we, don't, we don't real, need to talk about any of that. I was like real good at jazz. And I feel like that's really what's important. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, a 45-minute battle rap against Elias, but with no rapping. Just jazz. <sighs> Uh, Scott, what WWE yeah. Studios film did they star in? I I should preference this by I, just because of their names not going well. It does not mean there was any affiliation with the Breakfast Studio characters from Rice Krispies, but 
if they want to do a similar deal to what Coca-Cola had with Generations Beyond the Sun, we can definitely work that out. But the name of this WWE Studios movie is Serial Killers, spelt cereal as in breakfast cereal. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> what was it about? <laughs> it is your typical buddy cop um, with Crackle and Pop playing both detectives, so yes, one person playing both parts, with the catching a serial killer but played by, you guessed it, Snap. So one guy playing both detectives <laughs> and the main villain. And the twist of the movie is they're all brothers and didn't know it. It's like watching The Nutty Professor, just fucking Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> it's like watching The Nutty Professor but with no special effects. It's just one guy talking to himself. They don't even they don't even cut it when he's when he's in the car playing both the cops. He just hops between both seats. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's still better than the chaperone. Yeah. Damn right. Damn right. Even, and I've not even seen it. <laughs> oh, that oh my Chaperone. The chaperone is garbage. Jimmy, what's your film? All right. So the yacht rockers, once they were pretty well established. They were offered a series of WWE Studios films because Vince McMahon and everybody involved just loved them to pieces. Loved them to pieces. So Vince came out of the movie theaters from seeing the Fast and Furious movies one day and decided, well, damn it, there need to be more boats in these Fast and Furious movies. (laughs) So think the Fast and the Furious movies just entirely on water with big boats going moderate speeds. And Brock Rockhard and Chet Cornswallow are international Interpol agents hunting down drug cartels in international water. It's called Slow and Steady Through Calm Waters. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a series of films by WWE Studios from 2012 through to the current day. Uh, Slow and Steady 17 is about to premiere next month. It's just like if they replaced a marine. I'm sorry, what? I, I've never heard of this m- mari- marine. Oh, oh, you mean the marine life? Yeah, there's plenty of marine life in these movies. <laughs> they, it's okay, they actually, Jimmy. They I don't actually... think anyone's heard of the marine. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the word you're looking for is marina. That's the word you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is oh, there's some good marinas. There is a scene at the beginning of the fourth Slow and Steady Through Calm Waters where they've retired but have to get called out of retirement and they have to be called out of retirement while on vacation at a marina. Um, because the implications and whatnot. What you're about to say, there's a whole scene where they're just filling out the paperwork and to store their boat at a new marina. Yeah, of course, yeah, because they're they're just they're just barely getting on their retirement vacation when their old boss comes a knocking and uh, they have to fight off a giant stingray. They're uh, the one that killed uh, Steve Irwin. They they have to fight him off because that's like <laughs> the guy who stole him. To kill it's him. the actual stingray. It's the actual stingray. He's like the head of a major international waters cartel. <laughs> just a stingray that comes out the water and it's just got Steve Irwin's name tattooed on its chest. Oh, so still has the body impaled on the thing. <laughs> He's just had his corpse on there for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like real bloated, gross, and shit. 
And everyone thinks it's really just a badass stingray, but actually when they take the body off, it just apologizes a lot. <laughs> no one no one gets the body off. That's the <sighs> thing. Oh, you could have drowning pools. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. As your theme tune. Floor! Yeah, yeah. Floor! <laughs> it's just Steve Owen's corpse. That just gives me PTSD to the whole WWE CW thing now. Oh. Oh, sorry for making you sad. You could put Kevin Fawn in it. I guess so, yeah. That'd be all right. He could be Ooh. a vampire that's trying to get Steve Owen's body as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, anything really works at this point. I mean, we've gone so far over the deep end. Hey, another nautical pun. Um, <laughs> the, the, you know, I mean, you can see how these slow and steady through calm waters, fast and furious rip-off WWE Studios films have made so much money that they're on number 17 at this point. Oh, yeah. I really can. I think either Rosa Maria El Jazz woman was in one. She was. She was the uh, uh, she was the bad guy in one of them, and she was the only villain to have escaped. Um, it was it was a uh, fat. It was um, slow and steady through calm waters. Number fifteen. Yeah. Uh, mansplaining Redux. <laughs> she was the bad guy, but her number two mansplained every scene to her. <laughs> single thing well as you see they're they're coming up on a boat no i know they're coming up on a boat i can see them no but you don't you don't understand it's a c stream 737 200 i know i'm driving it yeah and she's like well let me explain you how this works all right and she's just like (sighs) every time he gets away with something he tells her how she just got away with it (laughs) no no mr rockhard no mr cornswallow I expect you to lose. And then he's like, it's okay, Rosa, I'll take it from here. We expect you to lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a real piece of shit that guy is. Oh, So Rosa Maria L. Jazzwoman was in a WWE film called Juicy with Jazzwoman. <laughs> and it was actually... Sexy, go on. Oh, no, it was actually a documentary about how she bought a load of fruit farms and started producing her own healthy juice drinks for people. And it was just a 90-minute documentary about her explaining how avocados are so good for you. And then you realize she's one of those people. Uh... And the the twist at the end is when she tells everyone she's vegan and it just turns her into the biggest heel in the company. Oh, so they used this this film to, like, like make her her heel turn like a thing yeah because everyone thought it was just going to be kind of the the trailers basically was just her playing a lot of jazz and everyone thought it was going to be the story of her music career but actually it was just a marketing tool for her new juice company and she'd actually just bought she bought a lot of self-sustaining organic farms so she'd done a lot of good work um but really it was just a marketing ploy for her juice company it's always there's always a shadowy corporation behind these large movies Yeah, I mean, she doesn't play any jazz in it, which really upset some people. But there was one scene where she decided to see how many oranges she could fit in her saxophone. And it was 15. Oh, spoilers, man. Yeah, It's a weird thing, how many oranges can I fit in my saxophone sounds like the worst euphemism of all time. Yeah, that's what her husband thought. (laughs) Because he got real excited. Because she went, oh, I'm going to see how many oranges I can fit in here. And he was like, oh, wow, really? We're doing this right now. And then she was like, one, two. And she just started counting oranges as she put them in her saxophone. Riveting. It was actually the best scene of the film. Sounds like it. Louis Theroux was really happy. 
So I look forward to that. Juicy with Jazz Woman coming to you soon. Scott, at the end of the day, every wrestler at some point has to hang up their boots. How and why did your schizophrenic wrestler hang up their three pairs of boots and flip flops? And flip flops, yes. Well, it's quite a sad, quite a sad ending to this career. We've had a lot of fun, but it's, it's quite sad because uh, they won the tag titles again at WrestleMania. They had this long run with many great tag team matches. And then they dropped the belt because they had to go away and film serial killers. And then once that brought production and all that, they started hyping up their debut, their return back on Raw. And it was hyped up for weeks and weeks and weeks. But they never, Snapcrack and Pop never returned because what people didn't know, what Triple H, not Vincent Mann, what they didn't know as the day that he'd wandered into the performance center, they didn't realize where he'd wandered from. Apparently, he just wandered out of the mental institution that he'd been for the past 10 years to deal with his schizophrenia. And then none of these doctors watched wrestling, so they didn't think to look on TV to see where he was. And then one day, one of them was watching Raw with their kids reluctantly because their kid loves watching wrestling and then seeing a vignette for Snap, Crackle, Pop and think, there he is. And he was unfortunately forced to be released from his contract so he could be re checked he could be checked back in to the mental institution where he basically remained for the rest of his life. <laughs> wow, so, that's so good. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Sounds like Sun- the end of Shutter Island. If you guys Sunrise, Sunset. Yes, please. I can't wait to watch their career unfold next year Mm -hmm. jimmy how and why did your wrestler have to retire well as we've seen lately over the last few years not every wrestler has to retire um sometimes they go on indefinite hiatuses um and the yacht rockers uh came to a point in their career where the wwe were looking to become more of a global brand and they signed a 10-year deal with saudi arabia a desert country and the yacht rockers <laughs> have no way to get to Saudi Arabia and had to subtly step away when they had to step away. Vince lost interest as we know he can on the drop of a hat and they've, they've not been on TV since WWE signed the Saudi Arabia deal. Hopefully one day they'll come back out on their boats and, you know, take by storm the WWE women's tag team division yet again. My keep in mind, Brock and Cheddar men, white males from the East Coast of America who just like their boats and like to introduce women to the implication. Oh, God, I forgot about that. (laughs) Oh, also, uh, when they don't come out at WrestleMania, I forgot to mention this uh, earlier, when they're not coming out at WrestleMania, they come out to uh, Steve Winwood music. Any of it doesn't matter. (laughs) They love all of Steve Winwood shit. Oh, so Rosa Maria El Jazz woman uh, returned, basically just returned to her first love, uh, which is historical weaving. Shut the fuck up! Fucking <laughs> So she decided she was going to finish that replica of the Boa Tapestry, or whatever it's called. Um, and she returned home to that. She put down the saxophone. Uh, in her own words, that was the final words of her final promo on the dark segment of main event oh where she just said i'm gonna put down this saxophone and she never went back to get it and they tried to send it to her but she changed her address 
and she just returned to what she really loves to do, which is weave. And she went home to uh, to Mexico, and now uh, she just weaves whatever comes to her mind. One day, she thinks she might pick up her saxophone once again and return to the industry, but she doesn't really think it. She took her bumps, and she's done after two and a half years of wrestling, but so many years of jazz, 20-plus, because she's 52. And she had a good run, So, but that was the end of Rosa Maria El Jazz Woman. That's... That's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. the, the the pain her fingers must be in every single day. She just loves weaving. Historical weaving. Of course. If you're going to weave. Do it historically. Damn right. <laughs> That's what everyone always talks about. But, man, we made some real real good wrestlers. Yeah. Made some will, real, real good wrestlers. I want to see all three of these on, on not even on WWE, wherever... Like I need to see all three of these. Like they're real, they're real talents. <laughs> they are, like, they are one of a kind, except for Scotts, who is three of a kind, which is almost the whole house. Yeah, the whole house of crazies. I was about to say they'd make a great Survivor Series team, but then I realized Scott's <laughs> Scott is three people. So well, <laughs> one of them, one of them can be the manager. Yeah, Rosa Maria. Oh, jazz woman would make a good manager. She could just do jazz on the outside. No, I think I think uh, Crackle is easily oh, yeah. the best manager. Or Crackle, Crackle and Rosa he, can argue he, over it. I was gonna say he'd be a terrible manager. He doesn't like wrestling. His advice would just be don't do the match. That would be his advice. Yeah, it's that, it's that negative. Uh, it's like that negative. Uh, like he just negs them from the outside. You guys are fucking terrible. This fucking sucks. <laughs> and he's out there. And he's just like negging them the whole time, and then that's how they win. Wow, that would be really good. Yeah. Do you think combined our five wrestlers could be a? I'm gonna say the undisputed era. I was gonna say a reunited Shield, but then nah. Let's the, say if they had to face, if it was five on four, would we be able to beat the undisputed era? Uh, well, no. The Yacht Rockers refuse to work with any female talent. Oh, so. Rosa Maria would be a problem because of the the implications. <laughs> what if she just played saxophone? It's the implications. Okay, fair enough. So we would lose. We would lose. What if Roderick Strong and Rosa Maria swapped places? They would absolutely join in because uh, as as straight white men in America, they feel the need to make sure that they 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 confront the women's division as many times as humanly possible but could you handle the clarinet or clarinet i mean it's not up to me i th- but i think brock <laughs> rockhard and chet cornswallow could probably take any move uh that that was thrown at them they're multiple time tag team champions they've even switched divisions they're trendsetters they're influencers well, i don't think to be able to hit the move if she got into the ring opposites and that, because he'd probably just tear her arm right off. This is true. That arm so let me let me put you. You guys are in charge of AEW. You have enough money to sign one of the people we have created this evening, Jimmy. Who would you spend your money on signing? Just snap. <laughs> All the other ones, like I love the Yacht Rockers myself, but there's a lot of like positive male energy over at AEW at the moment. So 
I feel like they, they'd be a little out of place. Plus, their 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 movie career is really taking off in WWE, and they wouldn't make themselves available. But if I was in charge of AEW, if I was Tony Khan, only snap because I I like I like that armbar, man. That armbar is crazy. That's okay. Scott, who would you sign? Well, technically, if you just think now, technically you're getting three wrestlers for the price of one, so it's a, it's a wise investment. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Yeah, I'd also sign Scott's. <laughs> I'd sign Snapcrack and Puff. That was really funny. <laughs> the idea of putting them in ladder matches just so I can watch them swap personality halfway up the ladder. He slides under the ring and comes out the other side in just the trunks and then slides back out comes out in the the other, like, in just other attires. You know, to preface it, if it was 2005... I would sign Scots because I think in 2019 there's a lot of issues there that might get us thrown off TV. <laughs> you want to listen? I'm not here to blow my own idea out of the water here, but you want to talk problematic? The yacht the implications, man. We, hey, Jimmy, we're talking about exploiting a man that's got multiple personality disorder <laughs> and sticking him up a ladder. <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll be fine because the yacht rockers are misogynistic and just they're just they're out there. They're white male supremacists is what they are. Yeah, and they're going to be they're going to be fine. Smackdown's moving to Fox in October. They're oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're plenty white enough. Kudos. <laughs> that was I mean, I. We might as well end the show here because they, 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 it's better than that. <laughs> They're going to get a new five-year deal. <laughs> You're going to be the, the front of the fucking women's tag team division. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. You know what? Yeah, Lars Sullivan <laughs> will be putting Peyton Royce through the ring by October. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I just I thought that sentence ended with, you know, Lars Sullivan. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great night. <laughs> you know what? SmackDown's moving to Fox. Lars Sullivan, everyone. <laughs> Last we saw him, he was beating up small Mexicans. <laughs> Jesus. And now, and now he's beating up women. Jeez, where else can he go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, we've, really covered, we've really covered all of it here today on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We've covered a lot of issues, so I feel like if she was real... We really need Rosa Maria to play us out with some smooth jazz. Oh, I was I was hoping I'm on a boat would play us out, but I'm always down for some smooth jazz. You know what? I was going to say I'm on a boat as well. Okay, let's do that, and we will claim to be sponsored by Coca Cola once again. Damn, Damn right. Damn right. Generations Beyond the Sun will play us out of here. But yeah, we created some real good wrestlers tonight, and that'll be us done for another. Sp- special edition of rogue opinions create a nonsense uh we had a lot of fun check back through the feed last time we created a band we have a absolute boatload of wrestling content coming in the next week it is me and jimmy v scott and carl next weekend or this coming weekend is me and jimmy get the fun task of watching extreme rules and then reviewing it for you each pairing will be, and sorry, Scott and Carl will be watching, what's it called? Fight for the Fallen. AEW's Fight for the Fallen. 
Yeah, so Scott will be facing Carl in a predictions contest for AEW's Fight for the Fallen. I will be facing Jimmy in a predictions contest for WWE's Extreme Rules. The loser of each predictions will then have to tag up and do a full review for Rogue Opinions of ECW's December to Dismember. No! <laughs> we call it ECW. Let's call it Let's call it WWE. <laughs> this fucking to... pay-per-view is haunting my dreams. It's a, it's a real amazing pay-per-view. It's something else. Just the best possible scenario is that Nathan and Carl lose so that me and me and Jimmy can cover something actually fun on a podcast like possibly evolve. Ooh, hey. I forgot that that was coming up. Yeah, you know that show that they're putting up against AEW's Fight for the Fallen, you know the charity show? Hey, it's not Evolve's fault it turns 10 on the same weekend. I'm not, I'm not blaming Evolve. Then who are you blaming? I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm just jumping on the bandwagon here. Be honest with you. Get off the bandwagon, Scott. There can be other wrestling shows on the same night. No, there can't. I, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Okay. As we look forward to August 31st, where there will be three simultaneous wrestling shows happening like at the same time. What shows yeah. are they? All Out. AEW's All Out. Uh, New Japan's um, Young Lions yeah. Cup in the UK. And uh, WWE is Take doing... Takeover Cardiff. Takeover, yeah. Good God. Thanks to UK Takeover Cardiff. What the hell are we going to do that weekend? <laughs> I have no fucking clue because I want to watch all of it, and I don't know what I don't know if my brain can take that much wrestling. Yeah, to be honest, I'm just watching Extreme Rules so that I can so that we can do our thing to get content out. <laughs> I haven't watched any I haven't watched any shows since Stomping Ground. <laughs> oh, that should be fun. Yeah, that will be fun. But yeah, check back for the feed. Me and Jimmy did a we did a fun review of Stomping Grounds. If you've not listened to that. Almost uh, two hours. We spent almost two hours. Yeah, spent. Yeah, we did. I talked about Lacey Evans a lot, and I shit all over Chris Jericho. So you, you did. That is all the feedback I've got for that has been. Why was Jimmy so angry? You, 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 <laughs> Jimmy took because Jimmy took from New Jersey. That's why I'm so angry. Jimmy took his biggest shit on Chris Jericho as that woman did in that bathroom. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe she was related to Chris Jericho. <laughs> Bringing it all back. Yeah, maybe she listened to the podcast and she's like, I just don't agree with his stance on Chris Jericho. He's the best wrestler of all time. Yeah. And I love that podcast he does with that nonce from, from the UK. <laughs> he's, a, he's a diehard Jericho-holic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's leave it there, guys. You can, as always... Find us at Rogue underscore Opinion. You can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Jimmy, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Mr. Riot on Twitter. M-R-R-I-0-T because Counter-Strike was a thing. And if you don't want to hear me keep saying that, give me something funnier to say on Twitter and I'll say it on the podcast. So there you go. Scott, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Scott McLeod 1996 because... I chose the most basic track name I can think of. Uh, well, I chose my literal name. So. <laughs> and I chose branding. <laughs> Whoop. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Let us know who your favorite wrestler was that we created. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye. Bye.